street this whole like, year. <laughs> Good evening and welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Backstage Pass. I'm your host, Vince Edwards. You may know me from Sound Image Productions. I also have a couple closed roadie Facebook groups, uh, one called Death by Loadout and another one called The Backstage Pass. Here with me tonight is my dear brother and good, good friend, Kyle Thomas. How you doing, brother? Not too bad, man. How about yourself? Well, you know, I'm just living the dream. The only, I think the only thing that I'm trying to get a handle on in life is how to get a, a better night's sleep. But this is a this is a demon I've had for, I don't yeah, know. This is a constant struggle <laughs> for you, man. For, yeah, I think I did... Uh, you know, Barney Rubble you a couple nights. I four or five hours in the last 48 combined. You know, Jeez. and they were real hit and miss. Phone calls coming in, open up shop, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. It's just it's just wacky. Uh, I don't know what it is. Before I know it, I don't, it's nothing like I'm, you know, sitting there sweating in my suit. It's not like that. It's... Uh, before I know it, it's just like six in the morning. I'll be watching some documentary or something, yeah. and, and I'll go to get a, like a, a glass of water and realize, oh shit, the sun's coming out. I mean, it just it just like that. It's like when we were sitting in the writing room just now, and then uh, the, I looked at, I thought it was six oh five, and you're like, dude, it's six thirty. We gotta get out there. Time just goes so fast sometimes. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yesterday I lost three whole hours, had no clue. It went from two eighteen to a little past five, and I came out and it was dark, and I thought, wow, man, my glasses are dirty. No, it was just dark. <laughs> that was yesterday for me. I stayed up till like three and had to, you know, be down at that install pretty early. You know, how was like, the install? How was your work today? I know you and what was it? you, Mikey, Sammy Hurley, and Derek Van Ord. How'd that go? Oh, great! Yeah, we're great just, team. Uh, just getting things wrapped up. Uh, uh, Mike's been heading all the the video and lighting stuff. And uh, I've been heading the audio. Uh, Derek's been the project manager. He's been doing a great job. And Sammy's just been the, the juggler of everything. So kind of the middle guy, the catching things and that type of thing. Well, Sammy. it's it's his it's his venue, you know. So um, he has to be in place for a lot of things for to make our job easier and and for us to understand what's going on in the space and what they need. So it's gotcha. very helpful to have somebody like that and and somebody as talented as him helping us out. Well, that's great. I'm glad it's going so well. I keep getting good reports that everybody's happy and things are going well and you guys are on time and everything's, you know, sussing out. So I'm happy it's to It's just hear nice that. to be back on a job site, man. Shit. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, we talk about not sleeping, but it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, the you got the COVID thing going on. I'm sure people have really started to feel it where it's like, you know, your sleep's affected. Yeah, these habits have kind of built in place now over the, like a year just about, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's like ten months, but it feels like forever. And uh, I know that we've. Uh, it, there's certain. I was talking to one of our friends, and uh, yesterday, and he was saying he, you know, he's been similarly displaced from work for the last nine or ten months, and and he went to do something that involved a little bit of a physicality, and he realized all of his must. He, he was looking for the word. The must. The word was atrophy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He hadn't uh, used his muscles as he had normally would, and uh, uh, felt like he was coming up a little shorter, a little winded, and he had to sit himself down and said, yeah, man, I think before we, we, we understand and we start scheduling some stuff, I think we're going to all have to get in some kind of exercise calisthenic kind of thing to get our shit back where it should be. Seriously, we're going to do like a workout circle every morning and get ourselves back up the park. You know, something. Because We've been staying busy at least like, me and Mikey are here almost every day, yeah. um, busting, and it's like it's good, good for me. I feel like I, I stay active, and like this is kind of my exercise, you know. I think our thing is more where the, I think I agree with you completely. I don't not think sitting our, here. I don't but, think you know, our example is is exactly the same as many of our friends who are, don't have that opportunity, or yeah. it's not as easy for them to come. I think where it's where it's slightly the same though is the physical part. We're not. You know, we're not filling 10 trucks today like we would normally be doing in, in June or July of our, 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 you know, rock and roll season. And all the physicality that goes with that and that kind of amplified stress and motivation that it is to, you know, do 12 hours and argh, muscle through it. Uh, yeah, so I think we're going to have to get a little bit back into that. But, you know, here at the shop, here at Sound Image, we, 
we prize and uh, uh, put a lot of value in the ongoing tr uh, training. And, you know, right now we've got the lovely Winston Dama here in the building once again doing some stuff with uh, with Bobby Scoville, with, with Robert Scoville. And oh, I say, you know what? In the middle of the workday, I, I chimed up. It came up on my notifications. I logged in and, and yeah. uh, we all had a little chat before the, the meeting, you know, and I listened to a lot of what he had to say. It's great. You know, the uh, version 7 is about to come out, so... It's like an excellent talking point in the next couple of months here, well, trying to formulate, you know, an idea of, you know, the new delay comp thing. About this earlier, and you were saying, man, I'm really digging some of this stuff that it can do to help with studio quality sound and so on. And yeah, the things. delay comp things, you know, not burning a channel for an align is kind of nice, and it's all built in, and there's a lot of other things that come with that that, you know, we'll, well have to I've talk about. Conversely, from some of our other guys who are, you know, extremely you know capable and versed in that equipment that wow it's super dense and packed full of stuff and it's gonna kind of pe like peeling an onion it's gonna take a minute and there might be the occasional squirty gas into your eyes <laughs> well it's kind so. of took the ableton approach with this update and and the only respect in that is they have the manual kind of built right in where like ableton has like a little tips thing for your daw yeah. where it'll tell you you know how to use it and offer you a tutorial kind of thing right on the side column of it oh, this is just a button and the whole you know version 7 file will come up and you can browse it so that immediate gratification that my generation has that can't seem to pull up the manual it's built right in now oh, you have no excuse sweet. that's pretty damn sweet <laughs> yeah yeah well you know you guys learned uh, i think a little different than we did and and that needs to be accounted for and adjusted so and maybe it's more intuitive and more immediate and you can get to answers quicker so regardless yeah. you know i love the guys over at avid and you know um i think they got a great product Oh, and sure so, do. like I said, we got Winston in here, Winston Dama, who's kind of, in some way, shape, or form, over the last 40 years, seems to have mixed and engineered for almost everybody. You know, when we had him on the show, I... I that list was <laughs> incredible, huh? <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who have... It'd be easier for me to write an introduction of who you haven't worked for than who you have, because yeah, right. it's, it's such a prolific list and amazing. And that just speaks to the character and the quality of Winston Dama. Speaking of Winston, he brought me this this lovely gift from him and his lovely uh, wife, Janet. Mikey, you see this thing? So it's a little mason jar. It's, you know, I'm not a, I don't, I'm not a holiday guy. I don't really get down like that. I, I celebrate birthdays of the people I love. Um, what but did he give you there? He that? Got that me, looks nice. He got me a Christmas tree because he knows I wouldn't roll like that. He knows I don't do, do the whole Christmas tree thing. What a sweet Check out this Christmas tree. Isn't that the cutest little tree ever? It's got, so I, I can't tell what the material is it's made from. Looks like something from a little train set. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, you see cool. that, but it's it's pretty fucking happening. It's got like little ornaments and stuff on it. I, I gotta tell you, that's one of the cutest gifts ever. And I want to send out some love to um, to the Dama family and Janet. That is very sweet. Thank you guys for thinking of me. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. And of course, we love us some Winston Dama. Um, as I want to do a couple shout outs here real quick. Uh, my lovely wife, the woman I am crazy madly in love with, is watching this show tonight with her mother, who's an, uh, the sweetest woman, uh, her name is Beverly Hartnell, uh, having dinner together and watching this show. So I want to say thanks for coming, tuning in, and I hope you guys are having a good night. We've got a couple friends of ours that uh, die hard uh, loyalist that we love we really appreciate um P pat o'dool pat my brother um we would love to have you and mr greg shine he's a he's i would love to see greg um we're we're our schedule's a little wacky right now but you are welcome here anytime just reach out to me my brother and we'll coordinate that okay you're we you, we would love to meet we were thinking we were going to see you yesterday so um yeah anytime you get a chance so you'd be more than welcome my brother um let's just coordinate that and then uh Clint Winsley, how you doing, brother? Good to have you on the show tonight. Listen, we got all kinds of stuff. Hey, if you're watching us on, you know, you can catch us on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitch. Our numbers are really growing up. I think our show we had with Ignacio had, uh, last time I checked, it had 952 views, and we had a couple hundred on YouTube and a batch on uh, Twitch. We're getting a little traction. We're having some eyes on this thing, and I'm digging it. And, uh, cool, man. That's always good news. Right? It's kind of sweet, and that's that's cool. That's cool. One cuts into the other, you know, because I always kind of use the, the 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 measurement of the YouTube numbers. But looking at what Facebook Live does, it's just like, you know, knocking it out. And I can kind of have a large face print, uh, footprint on Facebook. So See, it kind of makes I'm sense. I'm happy you're, you're on that side of it where it's like, 
Yeah, I'm like, I just, I don't have the patience for it. I know, you're just not feeling, I get that, because I have, so you're, conversely, my chick's like this. She doesn't really, she's not down with Facebook, other than as a slightly a minor marketing tool, but she's down with the Instagram. I don't get Instagram at all. And, and, and See, me and Jackie, me and all. Jackie are on the same page. No, then. no, she's, she's my Jackie. So yeah. just, you just backed off, See, Mr. Not, yeah. All right, you I handsome sucker. You know. with your pretty hair. All right, don't, don't you start with me right now. <laughs> we were now. talking about that earlier. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to bring the conversation full circle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we're on the hair thing, but but it can be a sensitive subject, you know. Hey, if you were watching this on YouTube, though, hey, do me a favor, and uh, if you like what we're doing, subscribe to that sucker. It helps us out. Also, go ahead and check out one of our dear friends, Jim Newhouse over at EAW. He's got a cool group called EAW Users Group. We love that group. We love that company. Uh, we think they're one of the best manufacturers look in at, the country. Look at the, the holiday Anya set up. Uh, I wouldn't be sitting in front of it. We didn't think there was some stuff. And, uh, and again, it's a fun little page to be on. And uh, the good people over at the Big Glove Army, it's called Big Glove Army. That's on Facebook. This is uh, Lauren Allen Monroe and uh, Rick Allen's uh, page. It's fun. It's a sweet place to be. I put a couple things up every couple days or so just to you know, show I'm not a total monster. And the, the, the lighter side of things, it's a good place to go um, hear some positive things, look at some cool stuff, check it out. It's, uh, it's a great thing. And it's, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're doing well. Your Thank eye you looks brother. better, by the way. You had the eye problem, guys. Remember that? Oh, poor, poor brother Jesus. Been having a little... um, yeah, it's much better. It's still aggravated. Um, I can take the hat off and I can look into these lights now without it being bothersome. So it's got to say something. <laughs> well, you're on the, you're, hopefully you're on the mend. Eyes can be so tricky. You know, Let me like, tell you, oh, don't don't stare awful. at a, a strain relief and flick it into your eye. It's not never a good time. <laughs> so, you're saying, so you're saying maybe if you're, you're repairing a, say, what's it called, uh, say an L21. And you bust that sucker. Oh, you up, nailed it. That Hubble. Right on yeah, the head, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the strain relief tries to jump out and attack you. You might want to zig or zag. You know, because it can, it's you know, funny. You always hurt you yourself on something you've done like a thousand times. That's right. It's That's like, right. of course, yeah, come yeah. on. Well, remember, I was telling you, even though my glasses, and I think, let's talk about this for just a second. So we had this last night, uh, the, the guests that were in, we were saying, so what's up with the glasses? Is that just for the show? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they become a part of the brand, but I wear glasses everywhere and everything I do. And I think as a result, it's helped me over the many, many years because I have a, a condition that makes me a little light sensitive. It has prevented me from getting more eye injuries because Lord knows I've been in this exact scenario that you're speaking of. And so it's come up and kind of clicked off of my glasses. In that moment, I was like, cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it every time yeah. I wear it. No, it's a little that. tricks, man. It's a little stuff that makes it happen. <laughs> Listen, we, we got a big show for you tonight. We got a wonderful, wonderful, a sweet, sweetheart of a man, a great guy we uh, recently worked with here in the shop. And he's just, he's just kind of a... A minor legend in the game for the the job that he he does. Let's talk about it tonight. Our guest is a native of Washington State. He came up working for then running a production company. He went on to be the drum tech for Heart, and he went out and did a tour with the legendary Yes. I mean, friggin' Yes. And is currently for God. I want to say almost the last decade has been the drum tech for the one and only Hall of Famer uh, Rick Allen and the great uh, Death Leopard. Uh, we brought him out because. First of all, he's a sweetheart, and we got him on for you. Let's talk to him. It's our good, good friend, Jeff Diffner. How are you, sir? Uh, hanging in there. <laughs> That's been my stock answer for about six months now. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out of bed today. That's a good sign. Uh, you know, I didn't spend right. too much time on, on Netflix. So, <laughs> I, I find Netflix to be lacking. Uh, I, I used to go to it pretty go-to during this whole, you know, during the 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 the, the little bit of free time I got, um, yeah. uh, and checking out Netflix and and going between that and Prime, and have just really quickly exhausted its its possibilities, and have yeah. only recently, I want to say in the last month or so, have found a little bit of a home over at YouTube. You know, once it figures out what you like, I like to watch old episodes of Johnny Carson. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to work that whole you know, rock and roll Johnny Carson angle. So I'm not <laughs> above stealing from the, 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 the god of you know, talk shows and, uh, and uh, history stuff and other things that are kind of in that lane. And it's kind of figured out my what I like and news. And so it just lines yeah. out these things for it's it's pretty sweet, man. But yeah, I'm on, I'm, that's uh, my probably my go-to for the most part. I'm like you. I, I sort of I feel like I hit the end of Netflix and Amazon and everything else. And yeah, uh, I'm, I've been watching a lot of uh, like old Carol Burnett 
on uh, on YouTube. Um, and then there's a show called Red Green, which is sort of like a Canadian public access weird show from the like, 80s and the 90s. Uh, this you know, I kind of grew up on. I've been you know it's watching a lot Red of that Green. lately. Red Green, yeah, it's uh, the oh, Red Green show. Out. Oh, it's it's pretty darn funny um think of kind of like the canadian version of like uh home improvement like the tool okay. man kind of thing format opposed to like a sketch uh, show it's not it's not a sitcom it, it's it's like a kind of quasi well you know they're, <laughs> right, they're, they're, that's because they just haven't been on the planet long enough to know what's good yeah but you know i know uh, for a minute there we got down with the kids in the hall did you ever get into that franchise out of canada it's uh lauren um, michaels produced uh, sketch comedy not not terribly. Um, being in Washington, we had kind of our own version of that, a show called Almost Live. Mm. They used to go on right before uh, a Saturday Night Live. And it was, uh, the joke was it called Almost Funny. Um, it was like a half hour <laughs> show. Um, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, God, was the uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, got to start on that show. It was a sketch show. And he was actually one of the, the actors on there. So it was like, way way back and that, that was kind of like my my version of kids in the hall like um i think i probably got more into the kids in the hall actors after the fact i think just i think when they're on i just didn't quite get it yeah well it's, it's like it's, certain it's like certain bands you hear them the first time you're like i don't know i don't understand it and then 10 years later you're like why did i not listen to this band the entire time yeah yeah, yeah no you know uh Canadian humor can be a little uh, dense, a little thick to get through, and it's not yeah. dissimilar to uh, uh, English humor. But yeah. I think it's it's definitely for maybe a more mature, uh, you know, viewership. Vinny doesn't it's like also, it. it. I watch like Letter Kenny and uh, Trailer Park Boys, and he's just like, "This is just ridiculous." <laughs> well, I think a lot of a lot of the Canadian stuff is also very like really regional. Like you watch yeah. like a lot of those Canadian shows, and you have to understand like Canadian politics or you know, like local Canadian issues to really get it. Like growing up in Washington state, I mean, I, we were right by the border. I grew up in Ireland. Like you could see Victoria from, you know, the beach kind of thing. So I got all the Canadian radio, all the Canadian TV stations growing up. So I watch a ton of that stuff. Very you know, cool. I mean, my, 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 yeah. Uh, well, let me talk to you about that. I know you grew up on a small island off the Washington coast. What what, what was it called? What was that like, you know, being raised on an uh, island, for Christ's sake? <laughs> so it's uh, San Juan Island. Uh, I always have to tell people, like, no, not Puerto Rico, the other San Juan Island. <laughs> the other San Juan. Um, oh, you, you tell people, they're like, really, Puerto Rico? No, no, opposite side. Um, and a little town called Friday Harbor. It's basically there's a little group of islands that are just on the – south side of the border from like the tip of vancouver island uh just like right across the border and uh it was great like i mean as a kid awesome like nobody had locks in their houses you know like at the time i mean it felt all safe to you know live there and stuff i think once you hit uh 16 years old and you got a driver's license you realize you can only drive you know 20 miles um it got a little uh little confining um <laughs> beautiful though i bet it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah. You did have that thing of like the small town thing, which I, a lot of people in this country have had where, you know, like your high school, you've known everybody since kindergarten. So, it, you know, like the pecking orders were kind of established. Uh, so I, I grew up and I did the, the middle finger on the way out graduation, not literally, but, you know, figuratively. Sure, sure. Um, Very reasonable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you all can go to hell. I'm out here going to cities. And, yeah, and, I, and I spent 20 years in cities. Now I'm back in a small town again. Go figure. <laughs> well, there's uh, that, there's actually some logic to that. I know uh, the little area that we I spent the last I don't know 34 years prior to coming up to uh, up north here and always working out of, out of the Bay Area and, and uh, parts you know further. Um, I got a little sick of the uh, you know going to Home Depot to get some nails and seeing four people you know and have to it just there's something about the anonymity of uh, living in a, a bigger city and yeah. the kind of freedom of movement that. You know, you're rarely encumbered by um, past relations. I, I don't know. I, I enjoy that. But at the same time, you know, when I go down on the weekend and hang out with my girl who I'm absolutely crazy about, uh, uh, it's nice, too. But usually I'm not in the city part of it. We're just in the uh, where her place is in the mountains there. And it's and it's it's a nice break from the city. But uh, I think there's something to be said for the anonymity of the larger uh, population zones of our country. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm. Uh, overall pretty quiet shy person so like hiding in a city is good for me um but on the flip side <laughs> uh you know the the lack of community can be kind of um trying at times 
Like I, I lived in LA for you know eight years, and uh, I think it was the thing that I, that I found the hardest was that yeah, you know, so spread out. There's no there's no like really community vibe anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from like the the roadie vibe, you know, like you you hang with your roadie friends and all that stuff. But then if you're home for two weeks in summertime, everybody else you know is gone. Yeah. That's so a good it was point. you know like little small towns. You at least have the option of like you do know your neighbors. Hopefully you like them. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm enjoying that uh, aspect of life again, where it's a little more relaxed, a little more chill. And also just in the current, you know, insanity, it's kind of nice to be away from all the craziness. Yeah. You know, uh, I was in Portland right before things kind of kicked off and it was just like, I left that town like, Oh wow, this is uh, a good time to move. <laughs> um, you know, cause people, people sort of like lost their minds. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't need to, I need to go somewhere a little more chill. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, 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 so, that all makes perfect sense. Let me do a yeah. quick thing. Mikey, I need a little more heat on his volume and a uh, shout out to my dear, dear brother, uh, Charlie Zuricki. And of course, Jorge Eduardo. Hello, amigo. Um, uh, let's, let's get right into it, brother. All right. Bring How'd it. you get in the business, my friend? Uh, okay. So, um, I guess uh, I'll start at the beginning. Uh, I, uh, a musician, like pretty much most people uh, in the business, um, yeah. I, I failed musician at this point. And my very, very first job at 14 years old, after I started, started playing uh, guitar and bass, was uh, building stages for like a local music festival in my hometown. So every summer I had about six, seven weeks of the work and making like 10 bucks an hour, which, you know, in early 90s was awesome for a kid. Uh, you know, put up stages, put up bleachers, building booths, all that kind of fun, you know, whatnot. And as I kind of got through school trying to figure out, you know, how to pursue the rock and roll dreams, um, I ended up going off to college to work on, uh, you know, get a degree in music, uh, changed about halfway through into a trade school and got a degree in, in audio production, uh, you know, recording engineer thing. And through there, got a job working at like a rental house, like a rental production house in Seattle, which I figured was just basically like the stepping stone job, you know, while I'm trying to figure, you know, what I want to do. Cause every recording studio offered me a gig with something like they want to pay me, you know, a thousand dollars a month to work 80 hours a week. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I can't quite live on that. Um, Nobody could. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's push that for 80 hours a week. Right. And uh, so through that, uh, that job there, I, I ended up staying for God, probably seven years. Uh, they just kept kind of bumping me up, bumping me up. And eventually, you know, I when I left there, I was running the place. But while working there, I ended up uh, getting a job working for Ben Smith, who is, uh, at the time, um, was Hart's drummer. So I was his studio guy for about a year, doing probably I don't know, three or four sessions a week. Wow. You know, I'd, I'd pick up, I'd, I'd load his kit in the recording studio. And, and like, I was, you know, I was 20, I don't know, 21, 21, 22 somewhere there and I would, you know, set up a studio, uh, set, load a kid in, sit with the producer, get tones. Uh, ben would walk in, play a track and I, you know, pack his stuff up and leave. And um, about, about a year in, he said, hey, you know, do you want to go on tour next year? And I literally had no idea this was a job. Like it never even occurred to me this was like actually a paying gig. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, had that reaction of like, you want to pay me to travel? Like I'm in and been kind of doing it ever since. You know, yeah, it was, uh, I, I've had a few um, a few breaks from touring, um, little short breaks, but for the most part, uh, you know, I think the, the longest time I haven't worked in the music business was a, a year I spent working at a logging company when I was wow. 19 years old, you know, saving money to pay for school. Because I, you know, uh, I grew up, uh, I want to say poor, but, you know, conservatively uh, equipped with money. So I had to pay my way through with a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've been doing it for a while, basically. Uh, how long do you spend with Hart? Um, so that's my Marco Rubio impersonation there. Um, <laughs> I did notice that. Um, I was with Hart for the better part of about 10 years, I guess. Um, 2002 to 2012. There's a little overlap with, uh, with Def Leppard. Um, I missed a couple little tours, uh, but I, that was, that was a, like, that was like my first real gig. Um, so I kind of went in there, you know, really, really green. I think when I left there, I had a pretty good handle knowing what I was doing, but I was probably there a couple years too long. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, there's that thing where you're like, I should probably like, 
you know, when you, when you start looking at everybody else and you're complaining, you realize, oh, maybe it's actually me. <laughs> maybe I need to go, you know. Um, I, I think that was one of, those, one of those jobs where there's a lot of great people, but uh, that's sort of the best combination of personalities on the crew. So um, I, you know, I was like, I had to, had to bail out. And then when I had a chance to get the Leopard gig, it was, a, um, I mean, that was, that was amazing. All right, pump your brakes. Um, and at really nice hotels and like hotels I shouldn't have been staying at in days off kind of thing. All right, right. So I looked out right out of the gate. When people ask me how to get in the business, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just purely dumb luck of, of talking to the right guy at the right time. So, yeah, right place, right time. Often yeah. it is that. It's just, you know, putting oh, yeah. out and doing the work, putting beyond uh, uh, in the mix. And you get a break, you know. I know that's yeah. not dissimilar from uh, how me and my brother got into this. Uh, we we did it just because we we love being at shows and playing with gear. Uh, but this yeah. is you know punk rock days. We never envisioned we would then go on to um, a studio act that went on to that that producer was Eddie Money that then went out with Eddie Money. You know, what I mean, it just kind of evolves. And so sometimes we you just catch a break. I think the it, when they ask you that question, you just tell them hard work and don't plan on getting rich. You know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, first one in last one out. It's just kind of the name of the game. It's, um, I think I a lot like of it, my, my, my very, my first, like really big concert I went to was, uh, seeing Metallica and I saw like, you know, they're doing like the line check between, between acts and stuff like that. And I had no idea what that was. And me and my friend were, you know, probably uh, 14 at the time were, were basically bitching. Of like, why isn't the band playing? What's going on? Every time some good guitar player, tech will walk up, play a few chords. We're like, yeah, well, that's not James. Like, just had zero concept of what anything was going on. You know, like, wow, <laughs> that, that, that that's definitely different. Yeah. Well, I grew up in this. I mean, I grew up in a small town. There was a lot, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. On. I got you. I got you. Uh, that's a, that's a refreshing story. Uh, and so, I bet you were often very pleasantly surprised in how this all this works. You know, as it became more evident oh, yeah. to you, and you kind of got the, the lay of the land. Um, you know, being out with Heart, that's no small band. They, they Lord no, knows, they put asses in seats, and uh, you know, a lot of talent in that band. And tradition. Yeah, they, they're, I mean, they're playing some really great shows, and and they yeah. are a phenomenally good live act absolutely like i mean you know uh there as a not to, to talk over here but like like listening to ann wilson like <laughs> will kind of ruin you for other vocalists good point you know, she because is she is that good yeah and like and you know i mean i think the the biggest thing that we had you know in the entire time I was there was when you know we stopped doing five in rows like you know like you know me the last year I was like hey, we're gonna stop doing four in rows so, yeah that was like the, the big concession with age but she still just hits everything, you know. And Nancy's the same way. Like, I mean, the amount of talent on that stage every night. They're uh, true professionals. Yeah, they're absolute yeah. professionals. Yeah. You can't be doing this for 40 years solid, coming out of the, the barrel of the gate like they did with the Barracuda and some of their early work that really just resonated. And, you know, they had the look. And like you said, she can sing. She's such a delight and such a great singer. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to go wrong with them. You, you, you're yeah. not wrong. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Yes. You know, Yes to me is one of those. I'm a prog rock guy. I, I enjoy mm -hmm. the, the, the little more complication in my music, a little more... Uh, um, musicianship and uh, a couple extra notes, I guess you could say, you know, tool style, but a rush. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, yes, really bring it. And I know you, um, uh, to me, that's, you know, they're legendary. They're, they're uh, incomparable. Uh, what was it like your time with spinning with uh, yes? So I did basically like a, a tour and some change with those guys. Um, I got a call uh, from a buddy of mine, a studio owner in Seattle. Um, this has been, I guess, the summer of 2008. And uh, I was out on tour. Uh, Hart was doing a tour with Journey at the time. And the guy's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I was doing a session with Alan White yesterday. He needs a tech. They're going out. And would you be interested? I'm like, the dates worked out. It was like two days after I got home from the other tour. I'm like, I'm awesome. It sounds great. And I talked to Alan uh, like the next day. Uh, which is a little weird, you know, like never met the guy, get a phone call from, you know, a legend on the phone. Yeah, basically. Um, and uh, he said, oh, it's a, you know, we're, we're going on some real small tour, um, you know, small drum kit, you know, small. Um, you know, Alan's, Alan's version of a small drum kit is yeah, massive. That's, that's it. And, um, yeah, it doesn't happen with yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we, uh, we did like 16 days of rehearsals. Um, I wasn't that familiar with their music. I was never much of a prog guy. Um, I think grew up with more of a metal guy. But uh, yeah, I knew enough of their stuff, you know, if you've got all the big hits. But they, they were a band that I, I had to have a set list. And I had to mark the songs off 
because some of them were, you know, 12, 13, 18 minutes, either close to the edge. That's, you know, that's a yeah. long, long show. And, it, you know, long song. And the shows were, I think we started doing three-hour shows. Um, it was the first tour they did without John Anderson. So they had their, uh, the you know, the YouTube singer guy kind of, you know, thing. And um, which was, like, good and bad, you know. It was like a, a Chris Squire was the first time he had, like, no pushback. He was fully in charge. Um, and so he got to do what he wanted to do. And some of that was really cool. And this, you know, uh, some of it was like not so cool, like the three hour shows, because they kind of burned their vocalists out pretty, pretty in a hurry. But, uh, oh, yeah. It was, it was fun. Like it was, we had a crowd, you know, real crowded bus. It was, you know, uh, 13 guy, or I think it was 13 people in the crew, 12 of us were on the bus. And then they had the, the tour manager flew with the band. So it was a really cramped little bus, a little winter tour, you know, playing a, yeah, I think we did one show. It was a, in a, a hockey arena in Thanksgiving weekend at a college town in the middle of a snowstorm. So you can probably guess the attendance in that one. <laughs> uh, but that being said, uh, those guys were amazing. I mean, you know, uh, true professionals. I mean, I saw you know Chris Squire walking out there and playing for you know an unfold house would be a very charitable way of putting it. And as far as the way he performed, he could have been playing for a stadium. Um, they were really, really good. They have some crazy personalities, and there's a the the uh, the LD and I used to laugh quite a bit because there was a lot of yes uh, uh, smile tap moments. Sure. Uh, from what I understand, that there's a, a fair amount of smile tap was kind of taken from yes. I mean, like every other band says, but there's a I think the dynamic with the uh, you know the singer and the guitar player was kind of based upon John Anderson, his wife, and then Chris Squire. Right. So there's there's a lot of that stuff every day you'd watch and you smack your head and you know and laugh, but. It was great. Um, unfortunately, the second tour went out with with was uh, boarded basically a show in. Chris had a, a blood clot in his leg and had to go back for surgery. Um, and it just turned into this thing where, like you know, we had it took forever to get paid on that last one to, to put it mildly, and um, it left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth because I kept calling me to go back. I'm like, you haven't paid me for the last one. Like, I'm not going back on tour again. You know, like. I, 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 definitely learned, I learned the value of contracts at that point. <laughs> that, <laughs> is, like, that is a little shocking, brother. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it wasn't. I don't think the, you know, the, it wasn't the band. It was probably some management stuff. Um, it, we, we basically got promised uh, a certain thing, and then we got less than we were promised. Uh, and a lot of guys, I think I was probably the only guy I didn't go back. I think everybody else went back. But I just said, you know what? I, I had, at that point, Heart was still, you know, they were, they were busy. I, so I was like, I'm going to go back to my other gig. Um, it's, a, it's a safe gig. I know what I'm doing there. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was so, you know, good sides and bad sides. I'm, I'm definitely glad I did. That was one of those gigs that like, I, you know, I, it was the first gig I did with the idea of like, this will look great in a resume, you know, um, what, even with, if the gig was bad, which it wasn't, uh, but it was still like, I worked for Alan White and, you know, I said his, his version of a small drum kit was still at eight through 18 with a 15 inch Tom and then a full electronic kit on top of that. And yeah, you know, it was, it was a, I, I learned a lot uh, from working with him. Learned a lot of like cool drum tech, uh, drum tech techniques, and tuning techniques and all that stuff from from working with Alan. And he's an absolutely sweet, a total sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've had a chance to work with those guys before, but like they were real nice. I mean, when Chris passed, that was that was a, that was a gut punch. Yeah, um, you know, he was we did, such an amazing musician and, and a person too. We, so we did. I've done racks and stacks for him. Never really from the band side of it, more from the sound exclusively side. So I never mm -hmm. had any. I, I've always more just been a fan. You know, I appreciate yeah. their sound, what they've done, what their contribution to rock and roll and in general is. Um, have do know a few things, not dissimilar to some of your experiences you've mentioned. Uh, their shows can be a little thick and hard to penetrate if you're not a diehard fan. You just know, a bit. Uh, three hours with anybody. Uh, we, we had this with The Dead, and uh, we were out with The Dead back in the day uh, and the Touch of Grey stuff. And, um, you know, the audience always, uh, we, we do shows where there's 250,000 people. I mean, like ridiculous, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Central Park and Laguna Seca Raceway, these massive three, four-day things. And the people would just love it so much, and I just couldn't wait to leave. And regardless, yeah. you know, and so sometimes that is part of our lot. You know, it's 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 what we're really being paid for is the the incredible amount of hours. And, uh, you know, it's we got to come at it from a kind of more of a business point. Of, I think maybe then, uh, you know, the, the business part of show business opposed to the show part of show business. But, uh, um, you know, it's a great thing to have on your resume. Great experience. And I can only imagine it was pretty fun. fun. Hang on a sec. What do we got, going, Mikey? I got it. You good? 
Thank you, Mikey. All right, we had a little echo in the system. I think it's been dealt with. Hey, let's jump over to what's invariably uh, way more interesting. Um, and at that point, uh, not to go like inside baseball or anything like that, but there there was some some tension in the heart camp about you know egos and things, and I I didn't know the leopard camp at all, but. Uh, we got out there, you know, we're, I, I think any, well, I th- back up a little bit. I think any roadie who works for a band are in our mind, we have the greatest band in the history of the world. Like we work for the best band. So you walk in and go, I work for the best band. Screw the headliner. I work for the best band kind of thing. And we all had that little chip on our shoulder of like, we should be, you know, the, the, the big rock band here. And then you go do a leopard show. And you went, Oh wow. This is a, this is a whole, whole level of amazing. But, um, we were out there for a little while and I started to get to know the, the, the guys in their, in their camp and their crew uh, who were absolute sweethearts. Uh, and about maybe, I don't know, a couple, three weeks in, I had heard rumblings that maybe, you know, maybe their drum tech was not going to be around um, for whatever reasons, you know? And, and I think um, I was kind of like thinking to myself, okay, this is, um, you know, I could see myself doing that gig, but I'm also, I'm, I'm a fairly unambitious person career wise. I never think about going out for stuff. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm always like, eh, maybe I, you know, I was a little intimidated by it. You know, maybe I wouldn't be good at the gig. So I, I kind of hung back a little bit. And then about halfway through the point of the tour, so maybe a couple weeks later, we're, we're backstage at, uh, in Vegas. And what I found out was sitting with, uh, with Rick and uh, Dave Wolf, who is uh, Vivian's guitar tech, been with the band for like you know twenty five years now. Yeah, and um, they're sitting down, and you know, on the road cases back there, and comes up that the drum tech had booked a recording session with his band at the very end of the third leg of the tour, which is overseas. Like he was gonna miss like three shows, so they're trying to figure out what to do because Rick's rig as you know, you probably know, you can't just kind of walk in and do it. It's not a typical drum tech job. You don't tune some drums and just sit back and watch a guy play. It's a lot more involved. So they're trying to figure out what the hell can we possibly do? And they're talking about maybe getting his old tech from years ago, flying him in from Helsinki and how we make this happen. And I'm sitting there and go, uh, I can do it. You know, what? it's like, well, I'm, you know, at that point, Hart was not doing those last three shows. So we're, I can, I can learn the, learn the rig all summer long and shadow the other guy, learn the show. And then the last three show, like three shows, when you're, when the heart's flying back from Australia, you guys will fly me to Japan. You'll save the band, you'll save heart, some money on the flight. And I can do the three shows. And I think to myself, like, this will, this will be amazing resume. This is literally the, that was my entire thought process of this will look good in a resume. I had no intention of doing the gig and no intention of taking the gig. I wasn't going after the gig. I was just going, this will be good in the resume. So we, uh, we come up with a plan. I, I get the okay from, uh, you know, the keyboard player and the drum tech or the drummer from Hart, who is the people I worked with, got the okay from the, the production manager, got the okay from the girls. You know, I said like, you know, cause I wasn't a, I, I said, they, they came back to me and said, do you want to like basically do the entire last leg? Sorry, I missed a little part there. So I was going to be double dipping for like a month. And that's why I had to get, you know, okay from the rest of the band, make sure that they were okay. Like, you know, I said, I'm going to make sure you guys are fine, but I have to do do two jobs and they were fine with it. So I, uh, from that point on, I basically would do my, my show and then do loadout. And I would miss generally about the half of the first song of the heart of the leopard set run back. And then I would do the rest of the show for a couple of days, just kind of watching stuff. And then I'm doing the changes uh, that I'm, you know, running the clicks and all that stuff and, and taking care of Rick. So by the time we got overseas, um, at that point, I had probably done, I don't know, uh, 25, 30 shows. And then we did the overseas run. That went really, really well. Uh, long work days for me. Uh, I was working like lighting guy work days at that point, uh, sure. as opposed to, you know, lazy backline guy work uh, uh, hours. Um, but we did, uh, we went over to Japan. And um, apparently Rick had taken a couple of days where he, he was kind of pulling everybody aside in the camp including one night where I couldn't find anybody and basically everybody's out to dinner, but me um, and saying, Hey, do you, do you dig this guy? You know, how's he fit in the camp? Is it, is it not, not, not just see, is he good for the job, but does he fit here? 
and I got the thumbs up from everybody. And I guess uh, Sav was the guy who finally gave the the, you know, the, the proper approval. Um, so the line is, I don't, I don't really uh, care about the his skills all, but I like him. You know, um, I don't think he was disparaging my skills, but he said I, I like him. I don't think you would have gotten the job without his approval. I'm thinking. No, yeah, but but Sav was Sav was like the last one to go. No, this is this is the guy you should be hired. And uh, Rick came to me and said, "Hey, do you want to stay?" And I was like, "Yeah." Um, so I've been yeah I've been there since I think I, I think my official hire date would have been uh, November fourth, November third or fourth, two thousand eleven. Was the day that like okay I'm I'm staying not going anywhere else. But I've been doing shows for a couple months prior to that you know kind of like sub gig. And uh, yeah, I've been that way ever since. It's it's been a, a wild ride. I I I literally went to the job with the idea of I'm just gonna sub, you know, get a couple shows in, look great in the resume. At, at that point, I was ready to leave the heart camp. Um, I was I was burned out there to you know to put it mildly, uh, just personality wise with a few other crew guys. We we had our we we'd hit our level of of uh, of, of of tolerance of each other to put it mildly. There's a, there's a and, uh, point that happens. That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think for a while I was like, uh, you know, pointing a finger at everybody else. And I look, looking back, I think it's like, no, no, I needed to go, you know, cause a lot of people stayed, you know, and I went, you know what, I need to do something else. Um, and, uh, so it worked out great. I, I you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, as I said, I'm not very ambitious. So not having to hunt for a new gig was great. Uh, and you know, Rick's kept me busy. You know, I, I do a fair amount of something off season, um, you know, designing new rigs, all that kind of fun stuff. And, and because of those guys, I've gotten to tr- see a lot of the world, you know, which is amazing. And then you throw the other, uh, other part of the equation of I work for a great band and I work with some of my best friends, which is the big part, I should I would say. You know, the crew there is amazing. Well, you know, I, I, I've talked to Rick about you. At, uh, you know, I didn't just reach out to you because I wanted to make sure it was cool with Rick. And we've had a couple talks about you. And he, he, swear, he swears you're the bee's knees. I mean, he talks about you like you're a brother. You know, and, and, and actually that's the exact term he used, you know, opposed to just, uh, let's say, uh, an employee. He, he held yeah. you in high esteem and, you know, it's it's very, very cool. And um, and is according to him, he, you know, you guys together make a hell of a team. And I know that's that's the exact case. Um, it's a it's a pretty fortunate thing. You just I, I know you've got to be taking some pride in the fact that. Uh, uh, together and and with Rick's Rick's incredible, uh, really un, unlimited talent, uh, just took the uh, the vote for the the best drummer of the year. Yeah, I saw that it was uh, God, which, which it was it wasn't wasn't modern drummer. I can't remember which which drum magazine that was. That was definitely a trip though. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to put it mildly, that's a pretty great thing, you know. And that's it puts him in the pantheon of some pretty amazing drummers. And uh, you know what, what Rick has been able to do for over forty years, and yeah. uh, and some of the things that he's had to kind of overcome to to maintain at the level that he does and to become a Hall of Fame drummer is it's pretty impressive. So I mean, what the hell? Yeah, I I don't think he gets nearly enough credit though as an actual drummer. I mean, obviously he got the award, which is which is awesome. But I think for the most part you know, the general public doesn't really know how good he is. You know, you bring drummers out there, you bring like actual heavy hitter drummers out there and they watch him play. And I, I've seen, you know, I've seen the biggest, scariest, you know, uh, death metal band drummer guys back there by my world in tears watching Rick play. <laughs> um, part of it is because it's like their childhood, but then you actually, but you actually see what he's doing. You went and people get an idea of like how really, really good he is. Um, I, I don't know if the, the, how that magazine worked at the voting, if it was, you know, a general public popularity contest or if it was drummers voting. Um, but it's, uh, I've kind of thought that way since I, since I started there was, you know, when I really started analyzing his playing of like, he's really that good. You know, it, it just, he, he, he just, he just kind of, it's just, it's very like he had to go, he went from being a really, you know, big giant drum kit to being very kind of like Charlie Watts style player. You know, which is very like I, I guess I'm here to play the song. I'm here to add accents to the song, to push and pull the vocal where needed. Um, and he has a great understanding of that. Um, ben Smith was that way too, working for the Heartstorm. Oh, he's like, amazing. Yeah. I mean, he is uh, unreal good, and I think really unheralded as far as you know uh, the credit he gets. Um, but he, he has the same brain that Rick does, which is a kind of producer mind of you know, the way he analyzes playing, analyzes the song. Um, and really a big picture uh, uh, aspect to it, uh, which I think is probably a, a, a lot of what made Leopard's View 
aside from like the, you know, the verses of you listen to the choruses, you'll find a lot of times that Joe might not be singing the lead melody in the chorus. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. just, it's literally because of the thing, because like, oh, on this, you know, on this song, Phil's voice actually sounds better for this melody in this, uh, in the chorus, or maybe Vivian and Joe will take a harmony part. You know, it's, it's not like an ego thing of like, no, I got to be the, the guy here. It's like, well, what works the song? And I think that really that Rick, his playing has always been so much about what for the song, you know, for the song. Well, you know, I noticed when he was in the house here with you and uh, and his team doing the Big Love Benefit concert, which we'll get to in a little more detail with about that. But I was I was uh, watching him play, and his fills, his timing. There's just he's got a, a sen- yeah. certain sensibility about a melodic sensibility that was really mm-hmm. coming through in that that session we did here. And it, yeah. it's just a treat to watch him play, and 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 he sounds great. And you know, like you said, the man, he there's I think he's a, a deeper understanding of. A song construction and what belongs yeah and a lot of times in drummers i think that there's it's more of a, a kind of a bam bam approach you know like you said in some of the metal guys some of those guys are amazing you know but uh there's there's certain drummers out there the jimmy chamberlains of the world and some others mm-hmm. that that just have a certain melodic sensibility that you just can't imagine anybody else playing those parts well it's the thing of like you you know you look at anybody any player um you know there are people who are drummers and their people are musicians you know you know their people are you know uh bassists and their people are musicians and i think uh your rick's a musician it just, ha- it just happens to be that his instrument is drums yeah you know yeah, but no, he's yeah. most definitely a musician that, that's the way he approaches things he's you know, or, or artists in general i would be that's the way i put it yeah uh, no I, I would agree with that assessment absolutely yeah yeah he's a special cat and and, and a hell of a sweet guy you know i've dealt with a lot of rock stars yeah. in my day and, I, and then i've been lucky enough to to know some really nice rock stars he is an exception to the extreme in this in this case. Mm-hmm. He is just a genuine sweetheart of a guy. Enjoy him very much, and his wife's extraordinarily talented and lovely as well. Yeah. Let me ask you, what made you decide to be, I know you, you, like you mentioned, and I think everybody in my set here, I've got my producer, is my director is a, an extraordinary drummer with a band called Arsa. Yes, um, <laughs> yes he is. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's ridiculous. You get a chance to look up the band Arsa on Spotify, oh my God. It's it's crazy his drum abilities and yeah, they're kind of a Celtic talented. metal thing that's like wow, um, and then uh, Kyle over here is you know a guitarist and a music lover and I I know I fumble around with guitars and basses and things and and we all have that it seems to be a lot of us that come from that and I know you have a you're you're a pretty uh, happening proficient bass player in your own right what what got you into being a drum tech <laughs> I I'm trying to figure out the linkage okay so. Um... The, the production company I worked at in the early 2000s, they had, um, at the time, they were the largest backline house north of San Francisco, LA, or uh, SRR San Francisco. So they had a massive backline apartment. Their PA department, they could probably do like uh, maybe two stages of 5,000 people and then, you know, a bunch of smaller little rigs. So they're, you know, so they're more of a, you know, a low mid-sized PA company and then a massive backline company. When I started there, everybody wanted to be a sound guy, which is typical. Everybody wants to be a sound guy. Nobody ever yeah. wants to be a, the glory of mixing out a big show and yeah, nobody right. really wanted to deal with the backline. And at the time I really want, I was trying to save my ears for being a studio guy, um, you know, which being a drum tech took care of that in a hurry. And I figured I would just kind of like, I'll learn, learn the back half of the building. Cause they had, you know, a dozen drum kits, you know, a couple hundred keyboards, a lot of fun stuff. And I would just kind of pick through stuff on a regular basis like I'm not a drummer. I can play a couple beats, but I'm a really, really crappy drummer. That and that's saying, you know, that's giving me way too much credit. Um, but I had a uh, there was a, we had a studio we were sending gear out to quite a bit, and apparently I had sent three drum kits out in the span of one week that I sort of pre-tuned. I thought that sounded pretty good. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just like, um, that sounds okay, I guess. And the producer called back and one like a week later and said, you know, who's been sending these drum kits? And I went, well, me, why? It's like, cause they all sound great out of the box. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And he was the guy who hooked me up with, with Ben. Ben was one of his best friends. He goes, I, I got a guy who needs a tech. Uh, ben, ben was using um, uh, Greg Keplinger. I don't know if you know Greg. Greg was a Matt Cameron's guy for years. Yeah, And Ke- Keplinger is like the most amazing studio tech I've ever heard like you know he will match like a snare drum sound recorded you know a month ago for a one hit punch in kind of thing he's like that kind of guy you know with different heads 
but he's also in high demand and, and uh, it was an older gentleman at the time. And, and, you know, Ben's like, I need, I need a young guy who can load my drums, you know, in and out of the car. So that was kind of how I ended up with him, but it was just purely like you said, like that, you know, right space, the right time. And the fact that the drums sounded good, you know, I, I, to this day, I still kind of, I, as acoustic drum tech, I, I feel like uh, I kind of know what I'm doing. Everybody seems happy, but I'm always, I'm always still like, I always kind of have a little bit of the imposter syndrome going on with that a little bit. Like maybe I, maybe I shouldn't be here. Um, even though obviously I do know what I'm doing because I'm still doing it. Yeah. Uh, with, with electronics, I'm much more confident that, you know, that I, I have a, a good handle on it, but yeah. A long winded answer, I guess. No, no, it was perfect. Uh, you know, and let's talk about it. I know you've made a couple upgrades to, uh, to Rick's kit and, and it's, clearly one of the most technically involved kits out there i mean to, yeah. to make rick be the badass that he is there's a lot going on back there and so i think you're you're, you're in a slightly unique position to speak to uh the electric the electronic side of it what what is it that you did to upgrade his kit um so there there's been like i think two other guys who were sort of instrumental in the last you know 30 years for like taking rick's kits to like a you know, a quantum leap. And I'm the last guy in that chain who've, who've done like the, the big leaps. Uh, when I started with Rick, he had just got into a, a computer-based system, like a PC-based system. Mm. Before that, he was using like a modules and samplers, sure. which um, are a nightmare as far as I'm concerned. Um, and Rick was not happy with them, but that's with the technology they, ha- they had at the time. The stuff we were using was good, but it was slightly older technology and did give me the option to upgrade stuff. And there's also things that like, you know, it got to the point where I was buying converters on eBay because I couldn't find them anymore, you know? So I, I had done just purely out of necessity. I did an upgrade um, probably five years ago, four or five years ago where I, I did like a complete, you know, system swap um, on the back end of the system because the gear just did not exist anymore. And we hit the point where we, you know, we have, we've got three touring rigs. So you go, that's six systems. You have to have backups. And then I had to build one's house. And I, 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 I couldn't rely on old tech anymore. I couldn't rely on something that I couldn't go to a guitar center or, you know, whatever, if, if, if uh, something broke on the front half of the system, um, Rick had been with Yamaha maybe about a year or so before I came in, but a lot of the rack, the, the, the appearance wise, the, 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 the hardware was still DW. Um, and that was just basically because it was a custom build rack. And, and Rick's vendors always been pretty understanding of like, look, we get, you got to use, we got to use to make it happen. We don't really care. Um, but I, I did a, uh, a new rack system and uh, that was kind of, a, you know, the big visual change. And then we'd moved him over from um, full, like you know, some hybrid acoustics, uh, more pure electronics. Now we're looking to do another change to, to, to new triggers. So I, I've probably like the, I think at this point, the only thing that was there when I came in is the, the plate where the kits attached to, you know, the, uh, the, 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 his, his drum kits, all one piece basically it comes out of a giant, giant box and it's yeah. mounted like a six by six plate. And that's probably the only part that's left over. No kidding. Um, yeah, it was a, I, I, I was probably a bit ambitious, <laughs> but um it has at least allowed me to have uh, a really good understanding of the entire rig. Like, cause I built the whole dang thing. So I know if something goes haywire, what it is, I'm not tracing the, you know, any weird cables. Cause I've built every one of those cables. So I know, I know the, you know, the fail points and also God forbid, if we're flying, if we're, you know, traveling somewhere and a sea container goes over, you know, give me a credit card and find me a local music shop and a, an Apple store and a day or so. And I can make a show happen if I had to. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, I wanted to ask you on the personal side. I know you, you're down with photography. I, I think we share that. I, I tend to back in the day have taken a lot of photographs of show sites and and gigs I've worked. And um, I know it's a it's a passion for you. Talk about your love for photography. Um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, that's my main uh, thing when I'm not you know roadieing. Um, I used to bring a guitar out on the road, like a lot of drum, a lot of text do. Um, just days off and, you know, to play in my hotel room and that got to be kind of a pain in the butt. So I got a camera one year, uh, just, I got to go down there, you know, because I, I would wait for the first three songs to make sure that everyone on the stage was happy. I said, cool, I'm gonna head down, shoot for a while, come back up, you know, for encore stuff and then we'll go back down and shoot that. And I got, you know, um, I got some good shots, I think, you know, overall, but, uh, 
it's been like a, a pretty long process. Um, I think moving to LA really helped out. I, I lived with uh, or next door to a couple of fashion designers and got into shooting fashion, which is probably my, on the office, kind of like my favorite thing to shoot uh, for, you know, being a black t-shirt and shorts kind of guy. Um, fashion's a lot of fun. I, I could care less about like wearing it myself, obviously, but uh, as a photographer, it's a blast. Um, I don't really do a lot of concert photography anymore, uh, mainly because it's a, it's a pretty, you gotta be hungry to do that. It's, yeah. a, there's, it's a pretty aggressive amount of you know, people who want to want to get into that. Um, but yeah, and it's like, I, I shoot everything in the sun. I mean, I, I do everything from, you know, crazy weird fetish stuff to, you know, uh, water drops in a, in a, you know, a colored water and uh, uh, dropped in water kind of uh, in tanks and stuff. And it, it just, whatever interests me that week is what I'll do. And, and I, I have that thing where I find an idea, I chase it you know, get the image I want. And then I do a 90 degree turn and go find something else for a while. Um, doesn't really work great for, uh, for making money at it. Um, because you know, you never really know what my interests are going to lie that, uh, that week or that month, but it definitely keeps me busy and, you know, and it's fun. Uh, and it doesn't rely on anybody other than me, which is great. And then when you're traveling, I can, you know, I can have my little, my backpack and I can be anywhere and do something for me on the days off, which is, which is needed. Um, for anybody who travels a lot, you know, like, it's you got to have you have to have your own outlets it's that or sit in the pub all day long no i totally get it and it sounds like you got a passion behind that and i couldn't agree with you more you're right keeping your head good when you're touring the world and having uh, some other outlets that aren't just the tour uh yeah. i always i always enjoyed uh, you know checking the architecture and snapping shots uh you know on the down days it's uh, it's a it's a big plus that goes along with the the, the nomad quality of being a touring uh, you know roadie and so oh, I yeah. completely relate. We did the big love thing together here at uh, Change mm-hmm. Gears a little bit um, with Rick and his and his lovely wife and uh, the band and some. Uh, well, I guess we had what well, we had Clinton uh, Clayton what was Clayton Q Clayton, Clayton Q, Q. Yep. sweetheart of a guy yeah. really nice yeah oh, nice. oh great yeah. yeah and Daniel Bloom his gal they came and performed mm-hmm. and uh, some great contributors Billy Idol and the uh, like. I know this thing's going out airing on January 23rd, I believe, on Nugs TV. Is that correct, Kyle? Yes, it is. Thank you, brother. Um, uh, what are you hoping for that? To, what, what in your heart would you like to see that? Do? Um, well, first off, I, I hope that one's successful. I hope they get a fair amount of tickets sold for that one and you know get some money. And I, I hope long term, I hope it kind of turns into a more regular thing. Um, I know that... Uh, that Rick and Lauren have, you know, uh, along with your brother, you know, and a few other people have some grand plans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I would like to see, you know, a better spotlight shine in our industry, you know, show, show in our industry as far as what's going on. And I know that a couple of days ago, um, was it, uh, Mike Strickland yeah. from Bandit, uh, had, had did his did a speech in front of the Senate, which was great. And uh, which was uh, helpful. I think a, a lot of, I don't think a lot of people understand how truly bad things are for our industry right now and for the people in it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the show will you know, help get more people understand you know, a better idea of what's going on in our little neck of the woods and provide some money for people who need it. Um, there, I, I'm, I feel very fortunate that I've had to, you know, not a lot of work this year, but enough work. You know, Rick is. Uh, has had enough stuff for me to do where I've been able to keep a roof over my head and keep some groceries. And, you know, strangely enough, like my credit rating hasn't gone to crap this year. Um, which is nice. <laughs> um, yeah. My credit, my credit rating improved last month. I don't know how. Um, Mine too, actually. Yeah. That's funny. You say that mine went up a couple yeah. points. It, it, I, yeah. I've got that twice in the last two months yeah. where I, Oh, you're, you're rating. Well. I'm like, how is that possible? <laughs> well, I think but I'm not, I'm not going to question it, you know, but no, yeah. um, give horse in the mouth. Yeah, but I think, you know, you know, and I know a lot of people who are really hurting right now uh, in our industry. So I'm hoping that they can raise some money. Um, I think it's going through what uh, Music Cares, I think, is the the, the, the organization they're working sweet, with. Um, I thought it was Sweet Relief. Sweet, uh, sweet, uh, sorry, Sweet Relief, yeah. yeah. I think Sweet Relief is part of Music Cares. How it works. I, I can't remember Maybe. how it works, but yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really hoping that they can raise some some decent dough and just get people, you know, keyed into the idea that, you know, the people who put these shows on, they love, um, need help, you know, um, even if it's just, you know, some, some, you know, mental help checking in on people. I mean, that, that, sure. I, I think that's probably the, the hardest thing that I've run into since, you know, 
last year and uh, probably for you guys as well is like not being around your tour brothers and sisters, you know, like, I mean, my last actual show before the one we just, you know, that we, we, the first, you know, when we filmed was a full year ago. It was November 4th, I believe of last year. Yeah. That's, that's um, too long. That's too long. It, it, it was, it was so bizarre doing the, you know, doing the taping. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a taping, so it's not really a show and there's basically just us there, but you know, of like trying to get my gig brain working again, you know, it's like yeah. you guys were talking before I came on about the, you know, getting back into shape of, of loading trucks. I'm thinking like, just get back at, you know, mental shape of going, Oh yeah. I, like I did remember how to do all this, you know, even it, it, you know, down to the smallest things of like, I gotta make sure there's a towel out for the drummer on stage and, and some water and all that kind of little small things. And yeah, well, you know, you know pacing myself and the details, you know, the, the small thing. Yeah. 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 So, and you're not wrong. It's going to take a minute. I think it's uh, weird. Me and uh, Kyle were talking about kind of the physical side of it, but you're, you're absolutely right. There's a mental component that goes with that physicality uh, to be on your, you know, on your game. And when you're rolling around with uh, somebody like a death leopard, like a Rick Allen, that's, that's the top of the game right there. And I know technically you guys, I think, I'm not sure how long the tour was supposed to run, but I know you guys were supposed to be out with Motley Crue and the, the Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and yeah. Joan Jet, I believe. Mm -hmm. And and so I, I was talking to Rick and he said that that's been uh, postponed until this coming summer and hopefully you yeah. guys will be doing that again soon. I am, I am so hoping that, you know, like... Yeah. That happens. I think from everything we've been hearing news-wise, it, it's looking pretty good. Um I guess Moderna got uh, got their authorization. I think today, so there's no yeah. vaccine to be rolling out. It's looking really, really promising. So I'm hoping we can, you know, get the get the big shows open back up. I mean, you know, small shows too, because I think a lot of these you know clubs and stuff are are sure. desperate for vax to come through. But um, I I am really, really, really hoping that the the summer rolls around because I don't I don't know like how any organization can handle two years and not work. I'm you know like just the you know, keep yourself sharp, keep yourself interested. And, you know, that's going to be, that's a, it's a long time to go without doing a gig. I, 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 I was talking with a few of the crew guys. We have a, you know, running, uh, running text, you know, chain we've had for years and we, you know, we do our zoom chats, but once a month to kind of catch up and, you know, we're, we're already kind of pushing for like a lot of rehearsal time this year, like, you know, pushing the band, like, you know, we need like a month yeah. you know, just to, you know, knock the dust off and, you know, make sure we know all our changes and, remember the show like so you know cause i don't want to go out there and i don't want i don't want to embarrass myself but i really don't want to embarrass rick well, i don't want to embarrass the band the Def Leppard brand is not to be uh you're, you're you're i'm sure that they would understand that that the necessity oh, yeah, for yeah. A, a little yeah. bit longer rehearsal period before you guys go out i can't imagine yeah. they wouldn't get that completely well, they're, they're, in, they're yeah own, they're into that you know their own good so yeah. i'm sure we'll be seeing you guys out there again real soon that was i was thinking that was going to be one of the best we had brad maddox was going to be out on the uh one of our guys here in the shop that was going to be out front for um, Motley Crue. So, yeah, a lot of people are not working as a result of this thing. And and we really hope that uh, this all comes back sooner than later, that uh, some of this uh, new leadership and uh, new uh, medicines will, will kind of tighten this all up and get us back to work as soon as possible. Uh, I got to tell you, it's an absolute pleasure, a treat to have you on the show. We, we enjoyed you a great deal of the times we've got to work with you. You're, you're, you know your job well. You're a good man. And uh, thank you for coming out tonight, my brother. Oh, it is my pleasure. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll do some more shows again soon. I would like actual shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, for me, uh, uh, you know, anytime you got the guys with instruments and, and microphones, it's a show. I don't really care if it's in a barn, yeah. it's in a, a beach, or it's in a yeah. stadium. It's a show, it's a show. And it's mostly for me, for my take's always been because I get to work with you guys, I get to work with my friends. And, and that's yeah. the treat for me. Uh, so I look forward to that, that coming sooner than later. And until then, you take very good care of yourself, my brother. You too. All right, man. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Thanks, Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, listen, we really appreciate our friends in this thing, and we really do it because we, we love our friends, and, and, and this is a way for us to – and the, using this show as a vehicle allows us to get together, play with our gear, hang out with our friends, keep in touch, and send out a love. Interesting. Um, I want you to remember to reach out to resources out there, like we mentioned, Sweet Relief, uh, 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 Raven Drum, Project Resiliency. These are things you can find on the web. Um, and don't forget Big Love Army. That's a sweet page of good, kind people uh, talking about positive things. If you're having a, kind of a bad day, go over to Loving Hands for Stage Hands. My brother's got a group with uh, a couple 
couple of our other brothers, uh, Bob Power and uh, John Del Rio and some others, Steve Kearney, uh, Sean Hall, all uh, long-term players in the game. They get it, They understand that uh, some of us are struggling, some of the folks in our industry are, have uh, you know some days that don't go so well, and there's some uh, resources there to be found at that page. So check them out. They might be able to help you out. We want to send love out to our families and, you know, uh, wish everybody out there uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas. I want to send a quick shout out to Susie Dugan for uh, reaching out to us. She's a lovely woman and uh, Kyle's Kyle's love interest. She's a good girl. Oh, she's such yeah. a sweetheart. You're a lucky man. And I am equally lucky in, in, the, in my life that way. Uh, and all of our loyals, you know, the, the paddle duels and the... Jorge Aguados and uh, uh, Charlie Zaricki and uh, Noah the Beard Tanner. We love you guys for sticking in with us. We we always kind of trying to... Oh, man. To... Hold on. What? What do you got? So, Noah. What about him? That poor Floridian is stuck in Massachusetts right now. <laughs> and those fools got 40 inches. 40? Oh, I heard it was going to be 28. No, no. Oh, for the difference between 28 and 40 is a no. nightmare. And 28 was already bad. Enough. I just, I, I'm barely on Facebook, but that came up on my feed and I got a little giggle. I'm from the East Coast, you so I know. You just got, had a baby. The man's away from his feet. This is a, one of the, this guy's got this cooking show called Cooking with Mush, which is his daughter. <laughs> it's so cute, man. And, and he's just a sweetheart of a man. And if he's not with his family, my heart goes out with him right now. Um, but, you know, he's, he, he is a, a man that, you know, provides for his family. He puts himself out there and, and it must have been some work-related thing that dry, caused him to go up up the coast. Yeah, it must and, be. And so our heart goes out with you, Noah. You're a brother, man. I hope that gets sussed out soon enough and that you're okay. Uh, thank you for all you do for us. You're, you're, um, I know you make it back home and to your kids, your wonderful kids soon. Hey, guys. Um, Next week, I got a. It's uh, December twenty fourth. It's our next show, and we got a, a special treat for you. It kind of stays in the same line or vein that we were talking about with Rick stuff. We got, um, uh, you know, our, our dear dear friend Bernie Broderick. He's a, a, a loudspeaker designer legend. I mean, he's really one of the true uh, pioneers, forefront, uh, uh, top guys in the game. For he's a design for Adamson, uh, L Acoustics, EAW, some of their most incredible rigs that that, that we use in our business. He's coming out. Um, I kind of captured him. He was going to take this this beautiful rig that he had made for Rick Allen and Rick Allen's project that he's got he's doing for Rick. And I uh, I said, oh no no, you can't take that out. Uh, um, I want to f- do a show with you about it, and you can show your wares and show what you've come up with because he he made these beautiful speaker towers and center oh, channels. Incredible. And, yeah, really cool stuff. So next week we got a Christmas present for you. It's the the wonderful one and only Bernie Broderick. Uh, he's going to show some uh, some cool stuff that he's designed, and uh, I think it's uh, going to be a really interesting thing that you guys will enjoy. We so check us out. That's next week, Thursday, seven p.m. Um, you know, remember, in this trying time, all you can really do is be a good person, be good to the people around you, and uh, you know. Uh, Keep your head about you. So we we got you in our hearts, and we appreciate you giving us an hour of your time. In this case, about an hour and ten minutes of your time. Um, we'll hope to see you again next week at seven p.m. on Thursday. Until then, please take good care of yourselves. Good night. Thank you, Mikey. Sweet. Brother, how'd that go, Jeffrey?